Hello, and welcome to another episode of Healing Through Pain, a podcast dedicated to the mission of walking people towards healing and health. In each new episode, we will discuss how to show up well for the responsibilities and opportunities that life sends our way. Here is your host, Stephanie West, a licensed practicing counselor in the state of Michigan, a teacher, and a professor who lives her life at the intersection of mental health and education. Thanks so much for following along. Welcome to a new episode. So happy to be here for a new week. The topic for today, it's somewhat of a repeat of what I did back in episode nine. So that would have been, you know, back in mid to late July. But I think I've kind of refined my understanding and my thoughts around it a little bit more. And I think it's coming from a touch of a different point of view. And one of the things I I do want to uh, share with listeners are different books that for me have become... um, really growth prompting or they've given me new insights. And so often after I read something and it kind of helps restructure some of my ideas and understandings, I might just want to pass that along to listeners on occasion. And so I actually have three that I sifted through this week. One was a reread and two were new to me. All three of them I really would recommend for different reasons. And um, none of them influenced today's podcast specifically, but kind of the combination of them are, they're helping me reflect on things that I'm doing and things that I want to work on adjusting or tweaks that I want to make. The first one was Extreme Ownership by Yako Willink. I really, really appreciated that book. There are some um, analogies and anecdotal pieces that maybe I don't have as much reverence for as I could because I've never been in the armed services, but really, really good anecdotal pieces that are then tied into being a business person, being a leader, being a person with integrity. So I really liked that book. The second one, and I'm going to cite Henry Cloud in a different way today, but Dr. Henry Cloud has so many different works that have been highly influential in my life. He lives at the intersection of spirituality and psychology, and so I really appreciate his particular narrative on many things. And the book I read from him this week is called Our Mothers, Ourselves, and it talks about the pivotal relationship of mother and child and how that shapes us for basically most relationships we have going forward. And in psychology, one of the things we often talk about is the mother wound, someone who maybe has disrupted attachment or someone who has trouble in conflict. Um, The mother wound can show up in a bunch of different ways. And so if you're someone who's curious or interested on what Dr. Cloud might say, it's called Our Mother Ourselves. Really, really good. And then the third one, and this was a re-listen or a re-read this week, and that's James Clear, His Atomic Habits. Highly recommend it. It really breaks change down into small manageable bites, and it gives us kind of a cadence and a pace that we can walk towards goals I I love it. Every time I listen to it or reread it, I have nothing but um, a a better, more well-defined understanding of how I can walk forward a little bit more boldly. And that's a little bit of the topic for today is how do we maintain enough humility and how can we make humility a cornerstone for our relationships and for our our emotional wellness. Humility matters so much. And like I said, I've talked about it before, but recently I came across Dr. Cloud giving the definition of humility as being who you are. It's not being more than what you already are. And so conversely, humility isn't being less than what you are either because that's not going to help you live into your potential and that wouldn't be the goal of health. But humility means I'm not more than what I am. 
And I love that definition. I love that he brackets it kind of with this personal responsibility to dive deep, to figure out our potential, to walk towards our potential. And I think some of the other books I mentioned give those types of really thought-provoking ideas as well and kind of helps cultivate that idea of being who we are and stepping into that. And one of the pieces that humility makes me think of is there's this kind of four quadrants of knowledge. There's we know what we know. So I work in mental health. I work in education. There's a lot of things that I'm educated on. I've lived life for 34 years. So through life experience, there's a lot of things that I've come to know. And I know what I know. And that should give us confidence to navigate the world around us. Then there's going to be things where we know what we don't know. And one of the easiest pieces for me to cite here is if I were to go look under the hood of a car, or if I were to go look under the body of a car, there's very little that I would be able to identify or make sense of. I know that I don't know most of what happens inside of my vehicle. So I have to heavily depend on others to help me there. The third quadrant is we don't know what we know. And the best way I think through this is like you're watching Jeopardy and they ask a question and you just blurt out the answer and you're like, how the dickens did I know that? I had no idea that I knew that. So sometimes we don't know what we know. Then there's the fourth quadrant. And for me, this is where humility has to be a launching point. We don't know what we don't know. There are a plethora of things that go on in the world around us that we are unawares of. There are new developments. There's information. There's a host of things that we might be short-sighted on or completely unaware of. And because that's true, a posture of humility really matters. And not just a posture of humility, but for me, it's a posture of curiosity. So that's why I read as much as I do. I have a voracious appetite for trying to learn new things and try to understand new things. And curiosity is paramount for health. Asking questions and challenging ourselves is paramount for health. Understanding that we don't know what we don't know gives us some flexibility in the relationships that we navigate. If we come from a posture of we have to know all of the things and we're always right, well, for that to be true, then the people who disagree with us have to be wrong. And relationally, that doesn't serve a lot of purpose. What that does is it causes damage or contributes to damage. And what's interesting, I do believe that the more educated and the more aware and the more enlightened we become, we become more aware of how little we actually know. So as you walk into a path of self-discovery and discovering the world around you, hopefully you're filled with awe about how little we are actually aware of, how little we could actually be the expert on, because there are vast opportunities out and about to learn new things. So if you're coming from a rigid posture of you know everything, I'm just thinking of what a limitation that is to someone's life. It sounds so lonely to have to know everything. Let's go back to the topic of the car. Let's say I'm a car expert. That still doesn't mean that I know every little nuance of every vehicle. There would still be things that even if I knew all of the basic components and all of the mechanics and all of the add-ons and all of the different packages that could come with a vehicle, there's still stuff I can learn because technology is ever morphing. There's still going to be areas to grow. 
And so if you are someone that's in a rigid posture of you know everything, I highly encourage you to create a list. Find a topic where you're the expert and write down everything you know about it. And then start to generate a list of this very topic of things you actually might not know about the thing at which you are an expert. It can be a really thought-provoking thing. I can write down so many different pieces of literature or so many different pieces of mental health, so many different pieces of relational wellness. And then I could construct a list probably 10 times as long of the things I still want to learn, the things that I still have incomplete knowledge in, and the things I just don't know outright. Humility gives us permission to remain in curiosity. And the second piece that it does is it gives us permission that when we know better, then we get to go out and do better. And I love that understanding about life. I love that I at 34 know what I know, and I'll know more next year, and I'll know more the year after that. And when I'm 50, Lord willing, I'll be learning new things. And when I'm 60, I'll get to know new things. There isn't a limit to how much we can learn and how much we can know and grow. And to me, that's so exciting. It's freeing. It gives me permission to say, cool, I'm going to do my best today. And then I'm going to try again tomorrow. And I'm going to try again next week. And I'm going to try again next month. And I'm forever flexing the muscle of growth which is so exciting for me. And I do think that a posture of humility is going to take us so much further. If we think of the analogy of a tree limb, if a tree limb is very rigid and something comes along and jostles it, the chance of it fracturing or breaking is pretty substantial. But if we're like this tree limb that has flexibility to it and we're willing to bob and weave with the elements and we're willing to shift and morph based on new information that comes in, we're going to have a much more flexible, healthy understanding and ability to move as new inputs show up. And something to be reminded of is in a relational sense, People with rigidity pay a high, high price. I'm thinking of these last two years and between the politics cycle in 2020, between the masking issue and vaccinations, I have literally watched families be torn apart by differences in opinion and by having preferences and having conflicting points of view. And the relationships are breaking down and people are showing up in therapy saying, I can't talk to my family anymore or my family refuses to talk to me. And it's because of this rigidity and this lack of humility that says, maybe as we go forward and understand this is a morphing situation, perhaps I might have a lack of perspective right now. Or perhaps I might be too staunchly attached to my perspective right now. And another piece to be aware of is we are the combination of people we spend time with. This was a really interesting episode Um, I've mentioned the Joe Martino show, and honestly, I went back to try to figure out which episode it was, and I can't pinpoint it. I believe it was over the past year, but he talks about how we are the combination of the five people we let closest to us. And I saw a meme the other week, it had Denzel Washington on it, and it said something to that same effect. It said, it said that if you hang out with five blank people, you will become the sixth. So if you hang out with five confident people, you will be the sixth. If you hang out with five intelligent people, you will become the sixth. If you hang out with five compassionate people, you will be the sixth. If you hang out with five close-minded people, you're going to be the sixth. And then on this particular image, it said, if you hang out with five idiots, I don't know that I would necessarily use that word, but you're going to be the sixth. And in Atomic Habits, James Clear says, we do not rise to the level of our goals, we fall to the level of our systems. And so if you're someone that wants to cultivate and have intentional humility, 
You've actually got to surround yourself with like-minded people if you expect to be successful with being psychologically flexible and with being humble. And so I love that in my life, I have a whole host of people that have walked with me with honesty, with compassion, with kindness, with gentleness, and also with humility. And there are four people in the top of my mind right now who I can go to them with any particular struggle that I'm having, and they will demonstrate humility while also speaking truth to me. And so uh, my supervisor and also one of my bosses, they are just so, so profoundly on point with telling me insights they have about my life, but they always frame it in a flexible language. So they'll say, Steph, I'm wondering if this is what's going on with you. And I'll be like, no, no, that's not me. And then they're like, well, you might be right. I've been wrong before, but I want you to just tune in. Perhaps this is what's happening in your life. And guys, they're they're rarely ever wrong. And I, I could probably say they haven't been wrong yet. And I'm humble enough to say that Sometimes I get it wrong, even in my own life and even in my own insights and even in my own self-reflection, I do get it wrong. And that's why I surround myself well. I believe staunchly that when scripture says iron sharpens iron, that is a command to us to be surrounded by iron. We will be cultivated by those around us. And if you expect to be flexible and humble, you have to surround yourself with people who model that. And then as you grow in that skill, you can demonstrate that to people as well. But if you expect to have relational and emotional wellness, humility is an absolute cornerstone of it. And what I know is that our voice carries weight in the lives of those that we get to be around. And so if I'm rigid and I'm a know-it-all, I'm imparting that posture to my students. I'm imparting that posture to my clients. I know when my clients are going through a season of distress, my voice carries weight. My clients are literally paying to hear my voice until their own voice comes through stronger. I pay my therapist to hear their voice until my voice is corrected and comes through stronger. The brain is malleable and I use that understanding to disrupt what others have going on, but I do so with humility. They have humility to come to me and say, my voice isn't right right now, can you help? And so my job is to challenge it. My job is to hypothesize. My job is to coach. That's a huge component of therapy. It's humility. People come seeking help because they don't know what they don't know and they want life to get better. And so I encourage you, if you are seeking out relational wellness, if you are seeking out emotional wellness, and if you are rigid in your thinking, those goals and your particular posture right now is an opposition to one another. If you expect to be well in relationships and you expect to be well emotionally, there has to be humility. And if you don't have that posture, you need to start surrounding yourself with people who model it. And that can be in the form of friendships, that can be in the form of mentorships, that can be in the form of support groups, that can be in the form of therapy. Get yourself surrounded by people who are humble because we will fall to the level of our systems and we don't know what we don't know. And that's why we have to surround ourselves well. Thanks so much for tuning in today, guys. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Please share this content with friends and family. Feel free to connect with Stephanie at healingthroughpain21 at gmail.com. Until next time, be well.